0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Marvin B., Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a journey. Could be a couple of weeks, could be a couple of years, who knows. But basically what this is going to be is a chance for me to share experiences, reminisce, do some sort of reunion, because you know what? I had a couple of reunions get canceled this year because of the coronavirus, so I figured this is a good time to start The Uncle Marv Podcast. Some of you have been waiting for this for quite some time. Some of you have been fighting to get me on the Facebook, wondering where I've been, why I've been hiding. Well, we're going to explore all of those things as I interview friends, family, and almost famous people over the next several weeks, years, however long this podcast goes. My goal is to reach out to everyone that I know In my past, everyone that I've met in my journeys along the way, whether that's school, whether that's work, whether that's at conferences, anything that has helped me, sparked a memory in me, given me motivation to keep doing the things that I do to live the happy life that I'm living now. And uh, I'll explain more as we go, but I'm going to start this episode with probably the closest person that I can call to a best friend. He is the person that was the best man at my wedding. Some of you know him as MacGyver. His real name is Jim Gallo, and I'm going to uh, be introducing him with some intro music that is just... <laughs> Jimmy, how are you, sir?
1: Good. You're... Good morning, but well,
0: what time is it the. low the tune. Still Yeah, you remember that song?
1: Oh yeah, oh yes.
0: <laughs> back memories. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Jim MacGyver Gallo in the house with me. Jim, how are you, sir? Good,
1: good. Yourself, how you, How you hanging in there? you getting stir crazy yet?
0: No, I'm not. Remember, I can leave the house. I can go to my office, so That's Right. I can leave the wife anytime I want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's good social distancing. Practice,
0: right? <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. And, and that's, uh,
1: every day. that's why that's why I had successful marriages is a good portion of that's social right.
0: Distancing. That is right. So as we get started, so the first thing I'm going to ask you is, did you see the picture that I put up for our live show that we're going to do later today? I have not. You have not. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a bit scared. Let me bring I that up. On. Let me see if I can bring that up because I think you would find it uh, quite interesting.
1: I'm sure I will. There's yeah. a lot of pictures of me in the past are quite interesting.
0: Oh, of course, I don't have it at the ready because uh, we're here. But why don't we do this while I'm looking for that picture? Um, I know that I've described you uh, as MacGyver, which some people will recognize and understand. Most will not. Um, But why don't we start with how did you get the name MacGyver? So,
1: you know, it's something how how nicknames kind of sometimes stick. And I I, so this is a junior team, right? Yeah. Great memories. Great memories. And I just came back from Central America and I had uh, kind of that MacGyver hair. And I happened to have a, a hat that looked like what he wore. And uh, and perhaps even, and this was not planned, maybe even a similar like look in terms of dress. And I can't remember who it was um, who said, you look like MacGyver. And next thing you know, everybody is calling me MacGyver um, because I do like fiddling with things and, and making shit out of nothing. So that's, that can be partially that too. Um, but I believe ne- was it next year or year after the junior achievement? My actually name tag they actually changed it. Yes. to MacGyver.
0: <laughs> yes. So I'm
1: like, I'm, I'm, I'm checking in going, Jim, Jim Gallen. No, we don't have you. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm here. And they're like, no, no. I'm like, and I finally, I was like, check for MacGyver. And it, oh yeah, we have you.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. I had, uh, so you're welcome for, but for that, by the way, uh, I had gotten there early and several people were talking about, you know, we should do something special with certain name tags and putting MacGyver on your name tag was it. So, yes. So you had come back from Central America. You had a little tan working. You had, you had a half mullet working.
1: Yep. Yeah. I had had the MacGyver mullet. I had the. The hat, actually, I still have the hat. It's not down here. It's upstairs. But I still actually have the hat in my office that I wore when I was coined as MacGyver. And the boots that I was wearing. And the boots. And the boots. Yeah, I haven't grown much.
0: So here's the question I have. I don't think I ever asked you, why were you in Central or South America? What were you doing?
1: Well, my degrees, uh, uh, my undergrad's in archaeology, and anthropology. So, uh, that was your background.
0: undergrads in archeology.
1: span Yeah. 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 I know. I know. I have a, I have a very strange background. My path to from mime to, um, professor is, is quite, um, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs>
0: yes, um, it is.
1: Yeah. So I spent six months, uh, in uh, Belize in Central America in a site called Carcoll where I was, uh, I, we had a really good, successful season. Um, had some good finds, uh, some some crazy finds. I was uh, I oversaw what they call the Temple of the Wooden Lintel. Um, well, i didn't say oversaw it. I was the graduate student, not graduate. I was the student who oversaw that site. Worked with a bunch of, of Mayans. Uh, a lot of my friends who are on Facebook were actually also on that site with me. Um, so it was kind of cool, kind of fun. So that's when I, I was out in the sun, uh, in the jungle, lifting rocks and bricks, and getting into shape and uh, looking like the the MacGyver with the, with a hat and the, oh oh my, I see the picture.
0: <laughs> so for those of you that, uh, since this is an audio podcast, I just put up the picture uh, that many of you see if you're on Facebook or uh, looking at the live stream. So that is a picture of us. I don't know if you can call that dancing.
1: No, no, I definitely have white boy disease on that one.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that was the, uh, MacGyver year though. My hair short. Was, was it, or was that the year before? I
0: don't remember. I was going to ask you if you knew the year.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think because I I remember when I when I came when I got tagged MacGyver, I had I had to, yeah, or it could have been after.
0: Yeah, Why? I think this was this was one of the blowjacks, I believe.
1: Oh,
0: okay. okay. And so, for for people who don't know the life history, Jim and I were part of Junior Achievement, which in high school, the time that we were going. Junior Achievement was an after-school program where you formed companies and basically set up a business, everything from startup, selling stock, electing a board of directors, setting up departments, picking a product, manufacturing your product, selling it, liquidating it, the whole shebang. So that was a high school after-school program. Uh, Junior Achievement has now expanded into a whole bunch of other stuff, but back then that's what it was. And then each summer- Yep. And then each summer there was a national conference where the best of the best was chosen to go to in Bloomington, Indiana, on the campus of Indiana University. And Jim and I were uh so we started out as delegates and then we were later selected as staff and that's basically okay. how we met. I don't go. know
1: how we pulled that off.
0: Being on staff and being on staff yeah. for so long. That was the that was the bigger key. So so that goes back to. So we tabbed you, MacGyver. Do you remember when we first met? On the bus. Well, the
1: bike.
0: <laughs> well right before the fight. Well, it wasn't on the bus.
1: Well, not on the bus. No, no, no. But I meant that's. We started really connecting, I think, it was obviously before that at the, at the evening.
0: So here's the thing I remember the first year I went as a delegate, 1984.
1: We didn't really set out dates because people know
0: how, people know how old we are. <laughs> yeah, well, so we met as bus captains. Right, that's
1: on uh, the bus, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was the bus captain of my delegation. You were out of central Florida, and we met, I don't know where we even met, how the buses came together, and we did this little bus caravan.
1: I think it was like at McDonald's or something. I remember, like, it some sort of restaurant.
0: No, that's where the fight was.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. I guess that's more memorable.
0: <laughs> the Sorry. fight, it was memorable. <laughs> we'll have to talk about the fight later, because we're going to run yeah. out of time. So yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was an infamous fight, and, uh, ooh, that was a fun time. But, yeah, we met as bus captains, and as part of the, uh, was it hazing? I don't know what it was, but as a delegate and as a first-year staffer, you had to ride the bus from wherever your delegation was to Bloomington, Indiana. And back then, yeah. from Central Florida, it was about a 24-hour bus ride. Yeah. That was not... It,
1: it was, you know, looking back, in the moment, it wasn't fun. <laughs> but looking back, I am so glad I did. I yeah. mean, it, it's just an experience. You know, you look back at some of the hard things, you go know, like... We had a fun time on the bus, even though it was like, oh, my God, we've on this bus for a long, damn-ass time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 it, was, it, was, it, it was fun looking back. And as, as, when you're young, you're like, this sucks.
0: That is true. That is true. But that was, first of all, that was the longest I had been in a vehicle That's forever. And the sad part about it is we didn't sleep. And, I mean, even if you tried to sleep...
1: How could you sleep? (laughs) If you you slept, somebody was going to do something to you. Yes. And, unfortunately, me as bus captain was was more likely to be um, either identified or I was going to identify somebody else. Therefore, you do not sleep.
0: Yes, that is true. Yeah, you could not sleep for fear of retribution um, or whatever that was. So, oh, my goodness. Yep, those were the times. So, we will, on future shows, talk about... Specifics of those events: uh, the bus ride, the fights, junior achievement, najak all of that stuff.
1: We have um, to mute, mute out certain things. You know it's pretty scary.
0: So I have a rule that I've done, so even though this is the first podcast for Uncle Marv, I've been podcasting for my business uh, for four years, And basically I have a rule. I don't edit. Oh okay. so be <laughs> great <laughs> now i might have to do the uh, little beep button yeah, um we're... if it gets too offensive so i might do yeah. that but uh we're gonna try to do our best to not edit obviously if we have to we have to if apple comes to me and says um we're gonna rip your show unless you clean it up or something like that then obviously i'll make adjustments but i've done good i've done good so far All right. So how about this? So we've been friends for a ton of years. I probably did know that your undergrad was in archaeology, but that's not what I knew you for, because what I knew you for was for junior achievement and for where you worked. You mentioned mime earlier. So tell people what you did back in the day.
1: So, yeah, I I probably had one of the greatest jobs of all time. Uh, working at SeaWorld. Um, so I was one of the SeaWorld mimes. So I actually got paid to make fun of people um, two or three times a day, you know, of about 3,000 people. So it was, uh, uh, you know, some of the mimes still there. Tom, Tom Munson, Lynn Fry, they're still there. I work with them.
0: They're still there?
1: Uh, oh yeah, they're still there. They're, yeah. They wow. brought them back. They, they, Two were eliminated eliminating the mimes. Um, I it was a couple years years ago, and and uh, the, the it's such a big fan base that um, eventually the pressure was to, um, to to bring them back. So, so, to, so they're back. They're still there. Wow! Okay. Um, but uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, we like I said, we just, it was all it was all fun and games. I'm thinking, wow, this is all fun and games. I get paid, which is kind of cool. Um, and, and I still, as you maybe see a look around me, I still uh, do s- keep that uh, street theater entertainment in my blood and uh, do some things, uh, but now more just uh, on the side rather than full time.
0: All right. And how long did you actually work at SeaWorld?
1: So I worked from basically 83 to um, '19. Yeah, nineteen
0: eighty
1: three to ninety two. Okay. Yeah, so nineteen eighty three to ninety two, and I did some. I did some other things at the beginning. I did um, I did a dance uh, singing show called Undersea Fantasy with Arthur Sea Turtles so Winston Walrus and um, Opie Otter, and uh, Lindy's. So some of my Facebook friends are Lindy's who who would dance around next? actually, they, they actually had the, uh, the main, they were the main uh, actress. Um, I did that for a while. Um, there was another show, which was a Western dance show at Colorado Riders, which was the old Circus World um, that I performed in. Uh, so, um, so I was there and, uh, let's see. Yeah, so that was about it. I mean, I did a few other things here and there, but, you know, that's the extent of it.
0: Yeah. In 92. So that was the year that I convinced you not to move to Ohio.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> you... Oh,
1: my gosh. I never, I never thought about that until you just mentioned it. You're right.
0: Yep. You were contemplating going to work for SeaWorld of Ohio. Yes. And... You had never been outside of the state of Florida in the winter. No. And no. I told you, you will, you will freeze. Yeah, that was a good call. I owe you. So I, I'd never. I
1: that, that was a big save that you did for me. Um, yeah, because I, I, don't think. I, I, I mean, who knows what would have happened? But I, I've been. I've You'd
0: been still be travel. at SeaWorld.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't. Here, here's the deal. While I loved SeaWorld and it was like the best job, um, you know, I felt that I wanted to do some. I, you know, so now I have the best job. Actually, mine was 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 a great job. Now I have the best job because now I take that what I've learned and and clown school. Yeah, I went to clown school.
0: Too. Right. Um, and learned how to ride a unicycle.
1: I learned that, and now actually I do it in the in the classroom at UCF. So and I can add, you know, a learning component to the comedy. So before it was just plain comedy, stereotypes. And um unfortunately because and I don't this is this may sound sound strange, but um our a world has become very sensitive and, and being a mime, i see world is not like it used to be. No. Um, a mime used to be you could you could make fun we made fun of everybody, it didn't matter who you were, it was just Fun and everybody had, had a good time, and now there's, there's restrictions where you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. Somebody could get offended with this, somebody could get offended with that. And so it's still, it's still. Tom and, and Leonard are still awesome. They still, they're so you know, they, they work the crowd, they're, they're, they're crazy, crazy good. But you know, in, in so for, for me going doing that now, I can actually do a little. I don't make fun of the kids. Actually, I do several of them, but I do it in front of them so they know. And they're, they're appreciative of, of it. Um, so now I can actually do, teach them something and make them laugh at the same time. So okay. It's probably now the best job.
0: Yeah. Being a mime now has got to be pretty, pretty tough. And uh, yeah. yeah, back then, there's a lot of stuff we could get away with. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, I've had to, one of the things that I've had to learn over the years is to use a filter. Because I used to just say what I thought and yeah. never really gave it a thought, nor did I care sometimes what people thought. Because in my mind, I'm telling the truth. I'm calling it as I see it. But can't really do that these days. It's, uh, like you yeah. said, a very no, sensitive I mean, world.
1: I'm half Italian. If, if you looked at my, you know, I have friends and all different ways. If you looked at our texts sometimes, um, <laughs> You you're like, what is going on with these guys? I I could, at I, I one point I texted them. I was like, you know, I could never want to pl- run for political office because of you guys now, right? I mean, they're, they're, they, you know, you the they will call me, hey, Wap, what are you doing? I mean, but we're friends. I know they would do anything for me anytime. Right. And it's just fun. But so many people take things literally and to a level that it makes it, you got to be careful what you say nowadays.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's do a quick shift and try to bring people full circle as best we can in as short a time as we can. So in 92, I convinced you to not go to Ohio. I had you down here with me in South Florida working for Junior Achievement, and then we both saw the light and left. Okay. That's not the right phrase. (laughs) See, should have filtered that. Um, and then we both, uh, did several other jobs. And so I've been at my place now for 20 plus years. You're now, and I didn't realize that you were working at the main campus. Um, but you are working. Okay. Okay. You know what? I don't even know your official title. So why don't you say it so I don't mess it up?
1: So currently, yes. So currently, um, I'm a full time faculty um, at UCF. So I teach in the business school. So officially, I'm a um, a a lecturer of human resource management. And what that means?
0: (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. So, uh, okay, Uh, you can't be even a teacher or professor. You have to be a lecturer.
1: Well, it's just basically in terms of, of so I'm, I have what they call a teaching track, I meaning I can do research and I do do research, but I'm not as, as as required. I'm not set up to, that's a requirement. They want me just to teach, which that's what I wanted. It's like, I don't I don't want to go to university and, and
0: just do research. So you don't have to fight for tenure to stay then?
1: No, 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 no. Well, other other of my colleagues do, I, I don't. And, you can, you, and so I think universities are, are, are recognizing that then hey, maybe we need to get some people who just want to teach um, and not focus on research. Because I've had professors in the past that all they want to do is research and they don't know how to teach. And they're like, you are know, miserable in the classroom. Like, why are you, you know, they have to be there. So so officially, I'm a full-time professor, but in terms of um, official title, I may call it a lecturer
0: um, Okay. in terms
1: of a designation.
0: All right. So were there were there special or different requirements to be a lecturer as opposed to a tenured professor?
1: Yes. So I think so. I I can only speak for my department, which is integrated business in the uh, business area, Um, is that they look for more people with um, wide experience, right? actually done it. So I, I was in HR for 20-something years, and I plus have a PhD. So that's what they're looking for. They're looking for people with terminal degrees and a lot of experience. I don't have a lot of research. Um, I, 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 I published in mainstream articles. Um, I have a couple of, of co-authorships, but it's not kind of um, – and, and I do research now with HR Florida and uh, part of that organization – but not any, not something that the university uh, views as a kind of tenure type um, track uh, level of publications. So they so for lecturers, they're typically looking for people who have applied experience, people who've actually done the job. Okay. On the other side, the, the tenured professor, they're looking for people who more heavily weighted on the research side, but may not have ever actually done the job before. I mean we've we have some great professors, great researchers, and all universities do, that have um PhDs and tons of publications, but actually have never actually worked outside of the university in you know, this profession.
0: All right. Now you mentioned your classroom, so you get to use a lot of those skills that you got in miming and um being a character at SeaWorld and doing all that stuff and you're bringing that into your classroom. So I have to imagine, and I know I've, I'm not speaking too far out of line here because I've seen some of your videos. Yeah. You probably don't have a traditional classroom, do you?
1: No, no. Actually, our entire integrated business isn't traditional, traditional, um, which I, I think I, I, just, I love. And why I, I, I pursued the position there is that it's a, called a flipped classroom where we, we're not supposed to get behind a podium and lecture. Um, that is kind of strictly forbidden, so to speak. Um, we are supposed to more be fun facilitators working with students in the classroom on uh, projects that they have prepared for. Like they, they, we give them pre-material to to look to, to read up on, and then they come in, like, and they're coming in as a team from a company into the say boardroom. So I have, for example, one class of sixty students. And typically the teams are five. So once they get in there, they have chairs to move around, and they get in little um, in pods, right? And then I, as a facilitator, um, work with them and entertain them <laughs> while they're working on the project. So we, we I teach them how to juggle, right? So um so we and we have a we actually have a juggling uh, Zoom event tonight where uh, they get inducted into the. Um, I got Ball's Hall of Fame award, so they get to keep three special balls if they learn how to juggle in my class. So I don't know how many people... There'll be a lot of kids on tonight uh, juggling. Typically, we do it in class, obviously, but we can't do it because of the...
0: Okay. So with all of these things that you're bringing into the classroom and not having to be behind the podium, how are you teaching, like, the traditional things of business, you know, with the you know, concepts and stuff like that, do you just integrate those in between projects? Are you having those, you know, projects be business-oriented? Or how is it working?
1: So the projects are actually related to that. So, for example, if we're talking about, you know, uh, effective interviewing skills, right, and how to interview, you know, the situational questions, um, you know, open-ended, closed-ended, all that stuff, right? So we, they read up. We give them, I give them some mainstream articles, no, not scientific, to read up on and prepare. When they get to class, um, and, and it depends, we change it up a little bit. They, they pick a position, right? And then they have to, in class, research the position in terms of going online, Google, whatever, find out what are the competencies, and then develop questions for that particular position, right? they're based on certain characters. So they're actually the preventative pre- pre- preparing pre-interview questions, right, to ask the applicant, right? So that is their activity in class. That's one, typically there's a couple activities, but that's just an example of one. So they learn not only about interviewing, but now they actually practice actually creating the actual interview questions. Um, And many times uh, the students, and I I, I tell them, I was like, Pick, pick the job that you think you want to apply for because, therefore, this assignment becomes more meaningful because you're developing potential questions that you will be asked. And then the next part of the assignment is we actually go through and they actually we do role plays. So at one point, I had them. And we, I changed it up. So uh, I, I gave them a, a opportunity to say, OK, you guys know me. I was like, I want you to pick a position that you want me to apply for. You know, this is where it gets interesting. You know, and they all like, what type of position? I was like, you pick.
0: <laughs> so you don't even give them parameters as to what the positions are? Like, you know, oh, you no, want no, to do was, director this, this, of HR? Or... No, so, so
1: I, was, I was a bouncer. I was a ballerina. Um, <laughs> I was all the whatever. And then they had to create questions, right? And the goal was that they had to try to stop me. So if if they said, like for example, do you think you're a good ballerina? And one 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 that was one of the questions. I go yes. Bad question. And they laughed. They're like, oh, because I could just answer yes. Right. Right. And as as the groups got you know kept going going along, they realized okay, we can't just ask, answer ask yes or no questions. Right. We have to answer. We have to so. So the, the the team started started changing up their question to be more specific and more detailed. So they so it was a fun way, right, of learning how to create questions, right? That um and there was there was, there was a couple questions um uh, one was a uh oh the bouncer. Yes. Oh, it a bouncer at a strip bow?
0: Of course. <laughs> of
1: course. <laughs> and I said and they will they're like, so how long, you know, uh, how long have you been a, uh, a a bouncer at a strip club? And I go, what? Um, I said eight. I said I said eight years. Ex- that's what's on my resume. Bad question. And they're like, oh, you know. So, <laughs> so we went through that that process, and then they started realizing that those questions that that they hear, they're like, well, we've heard these questions. I'm like, just because you're here, a good question doesn't mean it's a good one.
0: Right. right.
1: So I, I try to make it where it's, you know, entertaining and, you know, they get it. Um, and, and I think for the most part, they do. There's always some that don't, you know, but I mm-hmm. think a lot, of, a lot of people connect with that.
0: Okay. So now I got to think back of all the questions I asked you, if they were good mm-hmm. or bad. Now you're going to have a bad question. Now, so when we work together... And you left, you had gone and started doing the HR stuff. I don't remember when you started going to school, um, but when did you start and why did you think to go back? I mean, what was it that flipped a switch in you?
1: So um, the s- switch was, so I got the job at, 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 uh, at Service America in HR. i have been in HR before for four or five years. And I got a job in, at HR at Service America, which is a big company. And I was HR manager um, at the time, regional. And they had an opportunity for had tuition reimbursement. So long story short, I'm like, you know what? If I want to move up in this company, I'll get my master's in HR. So I got my master's in HR. And shortly thereafter, for a, a few other reasons, I got promoted. So now I'm in charge of HR. And I felt at that point, I was like, you know, I'm like, I know a lot about HR, but I don't know about the other areas of the business too much. So I talked to my CEO, he's like, go back to your MBA. So I went back and got my MBA. So then I got promoted again, and I oversaw at one point um, inside operations, marketing and sales, and HR. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Long story short, we I was teaching as an adjunct along the the way, and I really loved it. It was really, really a lot of fun. And um, at one point, um, I'm thinking, oh, this, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I, I would like to do this full-time. And so we had bought the company um, and, and then a couple years later sold it. And um, uh, once again, long story short, we can get detail in, in future podcasts uh, I I was in a position to um, to follow my dream and actually teach full time. The only way to do that was to get the terminal degree. Okay. Uh, because because I kept getting bumped out of other classes, even though I uh, got good views and people using me as an adjunct, no universities were not even uh, talking to me because I didn't have the terminal degree. So it's like all right. So I went back and to uh, Florida Tech. Um. And ended up getting another master's in psychology, and uh, a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology.
0: All right. Okay. Sounds like an interesting ride. And yes, we'll. Uh... Yes. From
1: from from mime to uh, professor.
0: Yeah, well, we'll talk about that uh, on future podcasts. And sorry about the the Corvette Club going by in the
1: background. That's no, all right. Hey, I'm. I, I, I'm. I'm. Say, I got. We got nine animals here. We got a beagle. I
0: was gonna here, say, I yeah. thought I heard. Surprise. a Thought I, I heard, heard a beagle. dog come in.
1: Oh yeah, that was. Oh, actually no, that was Jellybean. We have a. Uh. A. a, a you know, she's like this big and runs the entire household. You know? <laughs> we have a pit bull who's afraid of her. A beagle who's like eighty pounds is afraid of her. All the cats. She. He's like. She runs. The entire uh
0: house. All right. Yeah, we're gonna have to share animal stories too because yeah, yeah, sure. Do sure. that. All right. So um let's go ahead and start to end this off. I don't want to uh try to get too involved because we could talk for hours and we actually uh, want to keep these kind of short simple and then we want to do a live show right after. Um but I do want to quickly um ask on the personal side and explain a little bit so You and I have kind of drifted in and out of each other's lives. You're in Port St. Lucie now, which is just about an hour and 20 minutes from here. Um, You were at my wedding. Yes. And fantastic job you did, by the way, as best man and uh, events coordinator (laughs) (laughs) Before that. Um, You are also married now. and your mother-in-law actually worked for me for yes. yeah. <laughs> about a year or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I didn't even know that she was your mother-in-law at the time. No, not the, not then.
1: How did that happen? I don't know. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, looking back, I, you know, uh, not, not to get into uh, emotional of, of, uh, things I would do differently, but you know, I felt that I, I did not commit to our, you know, there's, you know, life takes over, and sometimes you forget your good friends, and I'm so glad that we're doing this now, because it's like, you know, I think about you all the time, and I'm like, I was like, I was like, you know, we used to hang out, we used to have fun, and so I'm hoping that, you know, this uh, gets us back to old shenanigans,
0: perhaps. Yeah, okay. You need to keep quiet about the shenanigans. I don't need to be explaining stuff to the wife. So, you're right, though. Um Out of sight, out of mind is a big thing that happens when you were here, you know, it was easy for us to, you know, Monday night football, we could put that on the calendar and hang out. And um, it was obviously a lot easier. We were, you know, 15 minutes away from each other. And I mean, I I told you last week, I've driven by your place, you know, many times (laughs) because I've got two clients that are literally right down the street from you.
1: I have i have other people that i so said why do you people stop by you you know it's just and you don't think about it at the time because you know it's like you, you i was talking to somebody who's like who drives probably like once a week and he was like you know what I, I don't think about it until i get there and then i have not i don't i didn't time my day enough to where i i, I can do it right but I, guess, well, I was like why do you think about it before you leave it's like it's just out of sight out of mind you know you're not thinking
0: and that happens to me a lot. Uh, I'll get the call to go up there and I'm too busy getting everything done so that I can go. And as I'm driving to the exit, I'm like, oh, but I can't just pull off. Because I know that getting off the interstate and go, it's going to, you know, it's going to wreck my day. Plus, I got to see yeah. if you're available. So it's got to, you know, I got to like call right. and you don't right. answer all the time. And <laughs> you know, so, um Then it's just like, well, I'm not going to tell him I was here. (laughs) So, but yeah, so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to force the podcast to get going. Uh, It's going to force me to reach out and talk to people because I've said that I would do this for years. And I just got busy. And, you know, you get married, you get the family, you got, you know, a whole nother set of people. You got to, you know, make happy, you know. Um, it's not expensive flying the wife back and forth to Atlanta and Ohio. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, that. it's not cheap sending her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember that now. Now you I know we need to close up, but yeah, that was she was traveling was once was it once a week? Was it was a lot.
0: Well, not not too well, she worked in Atlanta.
1: Right, that's what I'm talking yeah, 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 yeah,
0: she actually lived there.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. a whole another story. There was two that's, years. That's right, that's another story. Yeah.
1: We have a lot of podcasts. We do, we do. <laughs> I, have, I have a few more too. We haven't talked
0: about. Yeah, I've got a whole. We got a whole bunch of stuff for you to bring up. We got, uh, we got uh, videos and pictures to show and oh boy. things to jog the memory. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're going to be doing. Some of them are going to be better than others, but uh, this is the first uh, interview with the Uncle Marv podcast. I want to thank my friend Jim. And you know, basically, when I got to doing this and actually setting it up. You know, this was the logical place to start. You're not the, I haven't known you for the longest, but you've been the most involved in my life. As I said, the best man at my wedding. Um, And you probably know more skeletal secrets than anybody else. And if they pop out on the podcast, I will be editing just so you know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't live in a glass house either, by the way. Yeah. a glass warehouse.
0: All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I will have MacGyver back many times and mix him in and out of the other guests and other topics that we do. And uh, Mac, I think I'm going to basically uh, exit you out on our music. All right, sounds good. All
1: right, later. Peace out.